podcast for Monster Hunter. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with someone who's going to give us a Monster Hunter tagline, Kelly Wand. Chocolate! <laughs> Sign of things Kelly, to come. Kelly Wand, are there more Monster Hunter taglines? Finally a chance to see Mila Jovovich shoot indiscriminate CG. Uh, are there more? Finally a chance to see how much P.T. Anderson's grown as an action director. How dare you? How dare you? I know, you love him. He gets there's better. Some, there's some very talented Andersons out there, Kelly Wan. Keep them straight. That's what I'm talking about, you think? <laughs> That's true. His action movies would really be bad. That's a good point. Well, imagine Wes Anderson action Boogie Nights what is an action Wes movie. Anderson? He gets a lot of action. That's true. That's true. Uh, is there a fourth tagline? It seems a bit much to expect from Monster Hunter, though. Don't thank him yet. <laughs> Very good. See, these ones where like where the people go, oh, I listen to I listen to the Office, then I watch the movie, then I listen to the Office. Like they're not gonna get these either. Right, right. Well, you know, well, you know, we'll get to the Office in a minute, but I, I first want to tell the listeners oh, yeah. that Monster Hunter was written and directed by Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh... It stars Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaw, and Ron Perlman, uh, and it is rated PG for sequences of creature action and violence. Not even 13? Oh, shoot. Yeah, there is a 13. Sorry. (laughs) Nice (laughs) try, 12-year-olds. You almost got in. The creature action, not acceptable for 12-year-olds. 13-year-olds, it's cool. Kelly Wand, is there anything else the MPAA should let parents know about what their children will see in this movie? Parents, listen up. I noticed some military uniforms, strong animals, graphic sand, and occasional situations. I don't think anyone should be admitted to this film, Dead or Alive, rated G for Jovovich. That's how Anderson spells it. Um, well, it had a $2 million opening weekend. Oh, uh, is that good now? Uh, I, can't, I don't know what the new rules are. Um, I imagine it's what they would expect. But no, no, it's not good. Oh. Um, especially because this was the week of Christmas, actually. It's theatrical release. This and it had... Had tw- uh, like uh, seventeen hundred screens. I guess they were all drive-ins. Um, <laughs> but uh, Christmas week, uh, two million dollars worth of people decided to go out and see uh, Monster Hunter. It's a weird drive-in experience, I would think, considering how many vehicles capsize in the movie. Um, there is a lot of actors in vehicles on a gimbal Crashing. being turned. Yeah, 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 exactly. But not right. Vanessa Kirby, unfortunately. Oh, that would have made things so much better. She makes gimbals fun. Oh, was that a Fast and Furious movie? That what? No, Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and right? Furious presented it to us. They right. were like the waiter, taking off the lid of the uh, silver watch. Yes. Can I interest you, sir, in some Vanessa Kirby yes. on a gimbal spinning around? Wait, what's a, all this a... other shit on the tray? I don't want. I have no interest in. <laughs> I'd this like Hobbs and Shaw some... parts. I don't want. Yes. Do I eat around that? Is that the idea? The, the, the statham is just a garnish. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, I used to eat that when I was a kid. Kelly Wan, what would you guess? That the Rotten Tomatoes rating is for Monster Hunter. 69. <laughs> I should have known better than to ask. No, Kelly Wand, it's 46. Oh, four off. 46% of the reviews 42, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes were positive. Now, what would you guess is the Metacritic rating? What was the first number? I wasn't listening. Uh, for, 46 on Metacritic. 49. I, I'm sorry, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, wait, 43 then. No, it's 45. You were close oh, though. Oh, fuck. Fuck. What would you guess the cinema score rating is? Well, uh, I think, well, P- 
PWT Anderson is always in the 40 range, so I'd give this one a 41 Metacritic score. No, no, so Metacritic 45, Rotten Tomatoes 46, and then Cinema Score is a straight-up letter grade oh. like you're taking a spelling test. Oh, it's so a letter grade uh, 42. <laughs> That's not a letter grade. Oh. What school did you go to? Douglas it Adams would... School? <laughs> Math? It would, it would be like an A- minus, probably. On and You know what? what? I would, I... By who? What teacher gave this an A-? minus? Well, uh, Cinema Score, just pulling the, the, the average teacher... No, Wait, Cinema Score is the name... <laughs> There's nothing teacherly or educational sounding about the word cinema score. Score is a number. Why is it getting a letter? A score is a numerical thing. You're saying it should be cinema grade. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, fortunately, they did not poll. I give their polling system a C- minus or a 44. Ouch. Well, they didn't poll the viewers of Monster Hunter, so it didn't get a rating, I'm afraid. But it would have gotten, I'll say, a B-. minus. It didn't poll or poll them. Either, apparently. Uh. Kelly Wan, I need your help. Why? I because, thought you were doing this solo. <laughs> Listen. Because I watched this movie and I'm not sure I understand some of the what? finer plot. Tom, points. it's just basic science. Well, could you then scientifically explain to me what you saw on screen when you watched Monster Hunter? Uh, what would I call such a thing? You would call such a thing a look into the mind of Paul W. S. <laughs> Anderson. All right, water closet. Get you. Oh, <coughs> are we done setting up the office? <laughs> I think so. I think we're right, ready. For it. I, I've been ready for this for a while, frankly, Kelly Wong. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it took a lot of time to bake properly. Understood. It's like caviar. <clears throat> oh. Warning: Much of the following dialogue is lifted verbatim from the actual movie. I couldn't believe it either. Monster Hunt Opsis. A logo's all Sony. Beside me, the Paramount logo is all. <laughs> the word screen gems appear. My monitor and jewels are all. The words Toho appear. Yeah, two words. Tom says something about Mothra and heads to the bathroom with his boner. Some more words are all. It is entirely possible that beyond our perception of senses, new worlds are totally unavailable. Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> Some more words are all. The new world. Beside me, Terrence Malik yawns. A pirate ship sails across a desert in some rain. Is this where you got confused? <laughs> That's where I was starting getting confused. The logos made sense. A chick with a monocle stares at us from a porthole, then at Sauron's tower. Ron Perlman has left acting and Earth and gone into sand piracy, but only against Sauron. He has a crew. He stares at a model of a ship in a sandbox on his table. Uh, how'd this boat get on my ashtray? He looks at his sketchbook and frowns at some lightning bolts he drew in third grade on page two. Suddenly, some Viking sandworms chase the ship. On the poop deck, an Eskimo angrily whittles a bar of soap out of a lampshade. Perlman's all, Hey guys, check it out! My chandelier's fully work is creaking! Wah! The giant worms start shredding the boat and eating the crew PG-13-ly. Beside me, Jules Verne yawns. Perlman sluggishly swings on a rope to the captain's wheel after realizing he's supposed to be driving and hauls on the wheel so the ship hits a rock harder and breaks more. A mast he also forgot to tie down correctly swings around, so he holds onto it while he drives the boat and the rest of his crew watches him and dies peachily. Suddenly, a barrel tricks the Eskimo. He lies sprawled in the sand while Perlman's ship dries off. Later, asshole! <laughs> what 
There's a close-up of the Eskimo's hand, forgetting how sand works. Some blue words in music are all, Monster Hunt Some words are all, Our world. Beside me, Earth's all, Oh, I have a name. A coat cat in some sand's all, I'm owned by the Sony Corporation. Um, you're, you're looking at me. An army jeep runs over it. I lean over to the crying game guy in his Stargate outfit sitting beside me and go, How much longer? He shows me his dick, although I'm pretty sure he knew what I meant. Yet more on-screen words are all, United Nations, uh, longitude uh, 69, latitude 420. I lean over to Tom's monitor and go, good writing. <laughs> Mila stands next to two dune buggies. She parked and stares at a map. Then she gets bored and hits play on a recorder. Uh, Corporal Mila, um, help report uh, monster hunters attacking us, uh, PG-13. There's some gunfire. She listens to it a few more times. Maybe I should call them back. An extra farts up. Ma'am, we found another uh, tape recorder of guys screaming in different sand over there. All right, ladies, saddle up. I am Neil Jovovich's accent for this movie. <laughs> Kelly misses Gal Gadot. <laughs> oh, she's a woman, but she makes saddling sound like an insult, essay. Get used to it, Trevor. They drive around, some bobbleheads on their dash do nothing. They drive past monoliths with alien writing on them. Corporal Jovovich, look, some props from Resident Evil 5 or worse. I see them. That's what's important. That's what you're asking. Some invisible flies attack them. One guy shoots at one. Damn, extra, you got some reflexes. The fly he was aiming at buzzes around his face. I've missed 15 today. Take no prisoners, Shabad. They drive slowly till they almost hit a black guy while a song called White Lightning plays. <laughs> hey, look, our extras and characters. Tire tracks. A 10-ton vehicle cannot just disappear except in video game movie. Suddenly, some black sky CG is shown on screen. <laughs> oh, it looks like the hostiles are controlling the Vaza. <laughs> I thought this was Paul Spriggs. That's not state to find out. They drive away from the CG. Mila puts her lucky barrette in an empty box of Tic Tacs to remind her to buy more Tic Tacs, and also so that it won't get dusty in the apocalyptic uh, dust CG bearing down on them. An extra ties his shoelaces together with dog tags. Check it out in case my head gets blown off by dust. No one responds. <laughs> Lightning does nothing while the monoliths turn bluer. Uh, Corporal Jovovich, a cliff is coming up. Should I slow down? Wow! While the jeeps capsize and roll over and capsize and roll over, there's some freeze frames of them sleeping and grinning through blue CG, trying to be Vanessa Kirby, but not hacking it. Later, where the hell's am we, and what happened to the CG? That's the most pressing question. The second one, what happened to CG? Forget where we are. Where all this sand come from? I saw we were in the desert. Gosling's line. <laughs> Okay, this here on the map is the hood of the jeep I am setting the map on. What idiot drew this? You, ma'am. Also, this charcoal here tastes like pork. That is Team Bravo. You're still eating them. Okay. Must have been PG-13 flamethrowers. That's a good point, because flame does not get hot. Look, this is glass. Look at the budget for this film. Glass. Broken glass. The comedian soldiers all... Glasses above my pay grade. <laughs>
<laughs> they drive around some more. Rihanna's all, man, that lightning was story-related. We're probably in some bullshit video game movie. Never say that. Jovovich knows what she's doing, okay? It only took her one movie to handle the Resident Evils. And Chaplin. Miller pounds on the roof, so they all sing. They take back the hundred dollars. And the agent 99. The Eskimo takes out a microscope and watches them drive closer. Although a giant skeleton 100 feet high is plainly visible in front of them, they don't notice until they're parked inside it. Then they stop and look at it. This must be a dinosaur. I saw one in a museum once, watching Jurassic Park on my phone while dropping a deuce. The Eskimo gets bored and shoots an arrow at them, but accidentally hits one of the giant bones and makes red CG. Look, someone of color tried to get our attention. They all open fire with machine guns, which the Eskimo dodges by jumping straight forward. Oh, look, this CG is made of chalk. I know this tastes well. A giant Viking sandworm attacks them, so they get in the overturned jeeps and do donuts and keep shooting machine guns at that and the Eskimo and the chalk. Eventually, their black guy shoots at the worm with a pistol. It's gaining on us, whatever the military terminology is for uh, that happening. They crash the jeeps in slow motion again. The monster surfaces and forgets to attack immediately. It stands there waving its arms and waiting for them to say lines. Holy fucking PG-13 essay! Mila tells herself, fire! And then shoots a chain gun at the other jeep. It explodes into glass. Brianna, use your foot on the accelerator pedal. I'm trying! The monster loses interest while Rihanna crashes the jeep again. It turns over. Okay, I guess we're okay. Whoa, it's tugs got me. Okay, don't worry, guys. I saw a cool trick in War of the Worlds. Uh, he drops his grenades off screen and they explode harmlessly. The Eskimo shoots an arrow that makes the monster keep attacking everybody. Then it leaves, so night falls instantly. Man, what was that thing? I couldn't tell with Anderson's jerky close-ups. I'm arbitrarily freaking out in this scene. PG-13, PG-13, PG-13. You have three magazines left. Settle down. Ladies' Home Journal, Tool Field and Streams. All is very nice. Oh, what's it matter, Rilla? It's it. Don't matter. No, no bound how. <laughs> it matters because we are soldiers, whatever you just tried to say. Man, y'all are crazy. Did you see Gosling's grenades? We should surrender and eat the chalk. I'm going to say something about my characterization. They all wait. Eventually, some starship trooper crabs attack. The other soldiers leave Mila to die and run off giggling. Later, asshole! Beside me, Verhoeven yawns. There's a close-up of Mila's fingers, so we wait until they twitch. She gets cocooned in black pus, but tricks it by still being alive. Then she wanders around randomly in the dark until... Gosling! The crabs put you in this other pus cocoon, improbably near mine. Uh, I just crawled inside this, uh... Tastes like Team Bravo, but raw. She finds someone's backpack and steals some hairspray and ignites some road flares so the monsters can find her easier. Then she wanders around wincing. Suddenly, her black friends all, Gotcha! I mean, you're still alive. I didn't mean to jump scare you. It's me, Gary Blackfriend. Private. Blackfriend. <laughs> hey, check it out! A bunch of spiders come out of my... <laughs> A giant spider shows up, but Mila tricks it with hairspray and screaming and throwing bullets on its head. Then she goes outside and takes her top off while the crabs watch admiringly from the cave. All the rocks begin arbitrarily smoldering. 
Suddenly, she finds a tic-tac box and grabs it excitedly, but is bummed to discover it only contains a barrette, just like her old one. She reads the inscription, This movie is taking forever, <laughs> and kisses it in agreement. Then she yells at the crabs and takes off her shoes, which makes her hungry, so she spills some gunpowder on her ankle, which accidentally catches fire. Beside me, Stallone yawns. Mila climbs a mountain of poo and stares at sand while music CG plays. She finds a stack of rocks and gets bored, so she throws one at the sand. A monster's all, Ow! Why? And comes out of the sand for a bit to shake its fist up at her. Milo finds some water and vomits, then walks around some more while the Eskimo darts around giggling. Milo finds a bunch of shipwrecks and gets excited at the sight of a barrel of sand. The Eskimo's all, Add us to white man! And attacks her. They monkey around. He taunts her by gargling, so she ruins his chess set. They fight inconclusively for a bit, then dumbly fall back into the spider pit. Then suddenly they realize, they're friends! Here, food! No, that's the wrapper. We call that chocolate. Product placement! Oh. <laughs> he eats super racistly, then farts and flips with a bird. Oh, sign language. Oh, I know what you're saying. So we poisons a monster. Oh, yeah. That night, Mila sings, so night falls. They gaslight the spider into dying. <laughs> Next time, yours a bait. Later. See? Look at this on my jacket thing. Ranger. That's my car's name. And this is Velcro. Okay, let's do this. There's a montage of them making spears and um, Macaulay Culkining booby traps on the boat. Then he shows her how to invent scimitars and make them catch fire by crossing them. This annoys her. Then they put Mila on the spot marked bait again, and he signals her to start being irritating. <clears throat> I don't know what I've been told, but Eskimo pussy awful cold. The Eskimo frowns while the monster, which is also part Eskimo, bursts from the sand. They trick it by her finding a rocket launcher while he stabs it in the brain with his flute. A piece of rock crumbles in boredom. My mom rolls her eyes and goes off to watch Universal Soldier. Later, asshole! <laughs> the Eskimo gets sleepy, so she makes a travois, I say that right, out of spider chitin, and drags him slowly away from the rapidly approaching storm CG until the script forgets about the CG. In his delirium, the Eskimo remembers out-of-focus frames from another P.W.S. Anderson movie. I lean over to the Gerard Plummer from Universal Soldier glaring beside me and go, Thank God they MacGyvered that boat. Mill and her new friend randomly find a bunch of water and dinosaurs. The Eskimo starts eating grass. Oh, you must mean the dinosaurs are eating the grass. Because you're eating it. Ah. I already assumed that from the peaceful music on the soundtrack. He spits out the grass and starts vomiting. Suddenly a fish attacks Mila on the land, but fortunately the Eskimo is much farther away. Ha ha, I use you as bait again, ha! Uh, next time when you are in the desert, you know what I will be thinking? Nothing! I lean over to Gerard again and go, can't these two idiots see that they're in love? <laughs> Mila and the Eskimo find some chicken turning on a spit over a fire in the jungle. The Eskimo calls it chocolate. Mila stares at an insert shot of Sauron's tower. That is clearly my way home! The Eskimo takes out a flask of rubber cement and they get super high. He calls it chocolate also. That night, something flies overhead, so their fire goes out, which starts another fire. 
Suddenly, a bunch of dinosaurs stampede them, so Ron Perlman flies down from the sky and attacks the ground with a flaming sword. Milla ignites her scimitars, and she and Ron spin around in circles while the rampaging dinosaurs ignore them completely. The Eskimo, whom I'm pretty sure used to have fire weapons, gets confused and runs to a cliff, but luckily an Asian girl hanging from a cloud had a feeling he'd run there stupidly, so it all works out. Everything's cool. Thank you, TV's Ron Perlman. Don't take me yet. He punches her in the face. Later, kids dog whistle at Milla in a cage. Lucky little fuckers. A lighthouse bell rings, so they go to dog whistle at that. Suddenly, Milla notices a trap door left dumbly in her cell and a wooden table. <laughs> She's right above the kitchen, so she goes down. A pirate cat snarls at her and makes some sashimi. Perlman lands beside her. My Eskimo tells me I misjudged you. Uh, Should have punched you way harder. Name's Perlman. Hellboy? Yeah. Beauty and the Beast? Guess which one I was. Oh, I loved you in the Stranger Things. Your English has less accents than mine. Uh, something your world. I studied your language. The answers we seek lie here in my sketchbook. Uh, I call that tower a sky tower, because it's on land. It is said they knew how to travel between worlds. Thou, who are we talking about? Never mind that. What happened to them? Their technology turned evil. Hmm. My world caused this, obviously. I suspect. I ran into Diablos. That's where I lost my friend here. I forget his name. Anyway, here on this page is a dragon I drew named Ridiculous. Uh, he has one weakness. Before he breathes fire. That's all I'm going to say. Now you help us remember that and watch you aim at it. Huh. Oh, what's the matter? You don't have cats in your world? Ah, <laughs> oh, the look on your face. Captain Puss Puss, you've been drinking from my mug. Wow. Perlman throws away the condom draped over his latte. Fucking short hairs. We leave at dawn, but don't keep me waiting. I hate waiting. <laughs> Tom leans over. That's good writing, especially if you saw Universal Soldier 6. The next day, Milla, Ron, Eskimo, and some others walk off the ship while the rest of the crew eagerly cheers their departure. <laughs> Captain Puss Puss flirts with Milla on her way out. She's interested. She saw how long the condom was, plus its ass can't be hairier than Anderson's. They find some stairs on a mountain that lead right to Sauron's tower, so they climb them. By the way, uh, we have a theory <laughs> that lava powers the tower. Uh, so think about that for a bit. Yes, it is also controlling the storm. I used similar logic to yours. Oh, you want to have a logic off with me in this movie? Okay. It's also making that CG right there. And that CG must be a gateway to your world. Boom. But it's unstable for some reason. That's all you need to know, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> they realize they're walking on broken glass and stop to talk for a bit, then keep going. All right, uh, prepare yourself. I don't need to say anything else. Oh, and remember, they're weak just before they breathe fire. So don't forget that and do something stupid. Just They're weak before they breathe fire. All right? We clear out that point? Cool. Third act. Let's do this. But yeah, I assume while they're breathing the fire all over me, that is less weak. Wait, just before they breathe the fire, how will I know when that is? Because if they're 
Breathing is a fire. I go, oh, they're breathing it. But then before that, is there like a visual cue or some sort of hot box that the animators added so I can aim at? Um, more details would be, um, hello? But Ron's already asleep. They all stand around in the open and wait for the dragon to attack them, which is what he meant by prepare yourself. Milla doesn't say anything, but the Eskimo grabs her and loudly goes, shh! <laughs> hey, Ron, uh, yeah, I'm alive again. Should I be looking up? Wow! <laughs> Gary, damn it. I said attack before it breathes fire on you. Jesus Christ. Instead of instantly incinerating the rest of them, Jeff is just as effortlessly. The dragon sets down and stares at us while house music plays. <laughs> it yawns. It sees Milla and starts to very, very, very slowly breathe fire. She watches curiously. Hey, ugly! Milla and the dragon both look at Ron. It breathes fire at Ron. She has low self-esteem. She's not ugly. It breathes fire at Ron, but he tricks it by looking tired behind a pillar. Then they all attack it with tiny blades while it stands there blinking. Let's see you find an answer for this monster, hunter monster. <laughs> Unfortunately, Milla slips and accidentally loses her scimitars in the dragon's mouth. It breathes fire at her, but she tricks it by jumping off a cliff into some CG. She farts awake to find herself in a pretty similar desert, and that an out-of-focus helicopter looks like a dragon if you kind of cheat. The copter lands. Some troops get out and launch purple smoke at her. It's okay, ma'am. You're still in Monster Hunter. They put her on a stretcher and take her into the helicopter. Uh, Wolfman, this is Loch Ness. We just made contact with Dark Star. I nudge Tom excitedly. <laughs> Captain Jovovich, where are the rest of your extras? Oh, <laughs> uh, Greg, there's a dragon there on the windshield. Wow! <laughs> James Brown. The dragon mangles the helicopter and it crashes and rolls over and explodes repeatedly with Milla on a stretcher inside it, while extras and dude buggies shoot at the dragon and do donuts honking. <laughs> the dragon gets sick of the movie and finally breathes fire on all the dude buggies and takes. Inside the exploding helicopter, Milla suddenly remembers how infantile Perlman's sketchbook was. <laughs> the dragon eats some guys at a take while helicopters shoot at sand and crash into each other. Then it eats a plane and yawns at Milla and breathes fire at nothing in the sky. Milla makes her usual expression and runs at the dragon. Yah! She shoots a road flare at its mouth. The dragon explodes and lands beside her. You have just been Jovogaten. It jump scares her. Suddenly the Eskimo walks on screen and shoots arrows at it. The dragon walks off screen dejectedly. Pirate Eskimo character, my friend. Silencio bitter, Vice Jova! Uh, our friendship arc is complete. They do a Masonic handshake. Chocolate! Look! Chocolate! They watch Perlman walk out of the sun. Catch! Ha ha! Oh shit, you caught it. Oh well. Uh, I came to help. Uh, can't have worlds from your monsters attacking my. I mean, uh, it's starting again! Uh. Sauron's tower and a bunch of dragons suddenly show up. Oh, we have to shut the sky tower down. Let's see if people will pay again to sit through this sequence first. They all run at a dragon doing nothing. As the words directed by the lame Paul Thomas Anderson pop up, beside me the other Paul Anderson and Les Weissman are all... 
the end. Kelly Wan, <clears throat> um, you. What did you, I do? You, what have I done you now? That, you did that rare thing where you made me not regret watching a movie that I otherwise would regret watching. Oh, you don't regret watching Monster Hunter? My job Ugh. is not finished. Uh, no, I did. So I didn't. Let me do an over under real quick. I I did not care for this at all. Uh, my over would be Seventh Son because I put this in the genre of people fighting giant CG monsters, which uh -huh. it's that's going to be difficult to do because a dragon just steps on someone or breathes fire and the sequence is over and you still got ninety minutes of movie to do. So how are you going to make a movie about people fighting? giant CG monsters. I think Seventh Son, which I have a weak spot for, didn't do very well. Uh, a movie I actually really like. Uh, Seventh Son is better than Monster Hunter, as far as people versus CG, in so many different ways, and maybe we'll talk about some of that. Uh, my under, there is a director I like named Billy O'Brien. Kelly Wan, did you ever see the movie Isolation, the Irish dairy farm? The basically. No. It's I know I've told you about this before. It's, a, it's basically the movie Alien, except instead of on a spaceship, it's on an Irish dairy farm. Huh. It stars uh, Essie Davis, the chick from Babadook. Ruth Nega is in it. Sean Harris. Um, it's just a. It's it's one of these little known horror films that started off this guy's career, which I think is really good. Isolation is awesome. So I'm this guy really... with Alien Isolation, the video game. No, right, right, right. It's not not related, but uh, uh, yeah, not Irish. But it has to... And then not Irish, yeah, that's not Irish. But regular isolation. Uh, Irish elation. And uh, the, the director went on to do a movie called The Hybrid, um, which I also enjoyed. And he recently did a movie called I Am Not a Serial Killer with the little kid from where the, where the wild things are. Um, so I really like this Billy O'Brien fellow. But at a certain point in his career, uh, somewhere after isolation, he did a movie that I watched because I was super eager to see Billy O'Brien's um, oeuvre, Where? see all of the movies he had done. One of them is called Ferocious Planet, and it stars John <laughs> Rhys Davies. I love that title. It, it really is. It's a sci-fi channel movie. I'm just speaking to you, a snarling giant. <laughs> <laughs> like the continents no, the planet, are scowling. It, the planet itself is completely indifferent, oh. uh, but it, it's another thing where these people are doing an experiment and they get teleported to an alien world full oh. of, in this case, just uh, uh, boring dinosaurs. Um, and they have to fight their way back to our dimension. Uh, and the fact that it stars John Reese davies and nobody else you've ever heard of tells you all you need to know about it and the level of CG. It's just horrible. I preferred this to Ferocious Planet, because at least this had, and there were times you could watch it and sort of see where some money was maybe spent on the set or whatever, um, but there's nothing like that in Ferocious Planet. Uh, and furthermore, Ferocious Planet, Billy O'Brien wrote and directed Isolation, the Hybrid, and I Am Not a Serial Killer. What's notable about Ferocious Planet is he didn't write that. He was dealing with someone else's script, and it was obviously a sci-fi channel budget. Ugh. So, uh, Shoebox. Shoebox, but exactly. And, and and so worse than Monster Hunter, I would say. So, Kelly Wan, what for you is an over and under, and what did you think of Monster Hunter? My over is the motion picture Stargate, which I made fun of during the Opsis, and I don't like, but it's got James Spader in it doing a John Ritter impression that I think is really funny. Whereas <laughs> this movie has no, no one doing anything funny in it, like none of these characters uh, I could latch on to. 
as right. opposed to Stargate having one and otherwise boring shit happening. Plus, I also remember before they go through the Stargate, Stargate's pretty cool. But then after they go through the Stargate, like ten minutes into the movie, then it kind of goes downhill. So if you Do you know who directed? Do you know who directed yeah, Stargate? Yeah, um, uh, Independence Day. Fuck stick. Yeah, yeah. Roland Emmerich also kicked off Universal Soldier. Yeah. Universal Soldier is way better. That's why over for Stargate. Oh my God! No way! Are you kidding? Yeah. The original Universal Soldier, you think it's better than Oh, no, than the Stargate. one I've seen. I've only seen one. Oh, no, no, the original one with Jean-Claude Van Damme and, and Dolph Lundgren is terrible. Yeah. You like Stargate? Stargate, I think, is, is way... Uh, I don't like Stargate uh, either, but I think it's it's better. I mean, because uh, there is more talent on screen as far as the actors. Oh. There's kind of a cool concept, I guess. Um, I want to get into that a point. You just made a point that makes me insane. But uh, first, my, my under... I was trying to think of my least favorite Resident Evil movie, and I think it's uh-huh. the third one, because the second one's got that Valentine chick in it. She's kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And it kind of wraps up the storyline with her boyfriend turning into a monster. But then the third one, I don't remember anything from, so it must be the worst one. They, they basically after the first couple, they do kind of Mer- blur they run together. together. Yeah, exactly. It's just a slurry. And the titles are even hard too. Like if I, and that to me is the sign of a lame franchise. If I don't know which. Friday the 13th I'm watching. It's one of the bad ones. You heard me. I said it. Sure, sure. As opposed, um, to, as opposed to three. But the point you made that made me crazy is uh-huh. um, there's this – and it, it, it's it's completely in its platinum era right now. There's this thing where reviewers are giving actors credit. And coming to America is another thing like this, where the actors just get credit for showing up. You know what I mean? Like, come on in. Like, don't do anything cool. Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford did nothing interesting or cool in the new Star Wars trilogy. But they got, oh, look, they walked on screen for a couple seconds. I feel good. Right. I'm good right. for remembering they exist. This movie's good, therefore. Fuck you. Like, I was expecting at least one scene where those three characters would be on the ship together saying shit and bantering, which is kind of what Star Wars was to me. But they didn't even think about it. They just go, oh, we'll just trot them on stage. And so that yeah. kind of, you're, you're lying about, oh, look, it's an actor I like. Like the guy right. from Stranger Things. Like, judge him by his his deeds, not just his appearance. I mean, there's a certain point where people like that, it, they might as well just be making an appearance at a convention. Right. It's just like, hey, let me come out and show off. We got this guy to show up, you know, take time out of his schedule, even if we're not going to do anything interesting with him. Bill yeah. and Ted 3, yeah. too, was another thing like that. And I remember reading, there was a review of Bill and Ted 3 where it said, this is the Bill and Ted we need right now. Okay, so that means it's not funny. That's what I get out of that line. If we need it right now, you're sad. You'll just take anything. Like, what, what's what's it? Oh, say, say that again. Uh, Kelly, one, we've lost you. Come back. I'm back. Am I back yet? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're back. I hear you. Villains well, had. No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted three. There was a review for it that said, um, "This is the Bill and Ted we need right now." Which, and to me, that's that statement implies it's not funny. That's what you say when something's kind of lame. And you're like, well, I'm sad anyway, so I'll take anything. My standards are really low. We right. made it for the fans. Well, that's kind of what surprised me about Monster Hunter is I didn't have high expectations. I... <laughs> but it's still lowered. Still exactly. Like, it doesn't delivered. live up to even the, the base Video game movie genre. genre. It, right, right. Um, and I just feel like I don't think anyone making it cared about it. No, anything. Ron Perlman looks miserable in this movie. and that's Yeah, he really does. I watched yeah. Seventh Son last night. Baby, and uh, she's actually really hot in it. Um, but except for the Jeff Bridges parts, it's not. I don't like. Wait, as you much think as Alicia either. Vikander is hot in Seventh Son? Man, yeah. I do not understand her appeal. Uh, That's right. the only time I thought she was hot. Okay, she was pretty hot okay. in Seventh Son. I'll stand by that statement. 
I mean, that, she's young and cute, but I don't know about, okay. No, she's got her hair going. Like, the first time I ever saw her was uh, Ex Machina, and her hair's too short, and she's a robot with no emotions, so it's kind of hard to work right. up any steam for it. But Seventh Son, I didn't recognize her for a while, so that might have helped, because I'd forgotten she was in it. Right, right. But picture that movie without Jeff Bridges, and it's completely bland. Oh, I disagree. So here's the difference. Here, here's what I think sets Seventh Son apart from Monster Hunter. Um, if a movie can't be good, like if a movie is going to just have, if a movie can't be good, it can make up for that with enthusiasm and by harnessing other people's talents. And you mentioning Jeff Bridges, I think that's the main appeal of Seventh Son. Absolutely. Is they just let Jeff Bridges run roughshod over everything else they're doing. It, it's kind of like some people are wanting to have a serious D&D game, but one guy's just off. He's doing his own thing. He doesn't care about the dungeon mar- master. He's Johnny he Depp. Party. Yeah. He doesn't care about the rules. Um, exactly. It's ex- exactly like Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Is He's bringing something that nobody's going to tell him no because they're grateful to have him, and it ends up being a value added, his sort of lack of regard for the rules. Um, but I think even if you take Master Gregory out, or if you take Jeff Bridges' performance out of Seventh Son, yeah, I, I still get the sense that they hired a lot of talented people for that, and they did. But like, they don't have I any good lines. Julianne Moore doesn't say anything cool in that movie. Mm, I, I don't think that. I, well, you're right. The script is very earnest, and there there are a lot of problems there. You know, it's worth pointing out that the guy who did the script – there are three people credited for the Seventh Son script. One of them's the guy who did the Warcraft movie for Duncan Jones. Which has grown um, on me since I saw it. it me too. Strangely. You're good, good. So there's some value there. And one of them is a guy named Stephen Knight who's done a ton of crap. But he's also done things like Dirty Pretty Things, Eastern Promise. He did Locke, the movie where Tom Hardy just drives a car. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Oh. And then the, the third writer for um, Seventh Son – and I think this clearly shows, is a kid named Matt Greenberg, whose only claim to fame is Reign of Fire, that <laughs> dumb dragon apocalypse yeah. movie. Um, and between them, there, there are, there, there's occasionally a spirited bit of dialogue or a cool twist in the script. Like, I love that Seventh Son is ultimately about an ex-girlfriend who's really pissed off that the wizard guy broke up with her. He's a knight. Like, right, right, he's a former knight, exactly, yeah. yeah. Although he uses um, magic a lot. Like the Witcher, huh? But he's left all that behind, and he broke up with this chick, and she is, you know, she wants to, of course, conquer the world and stuff, but mainly she's just really sore that she was scorned by him. And that's kind of a cool reveal, is, yeah, this evil witch wants to conquer the world, but the main character arc here is they used to go out, and he's not into her anymore. Um, it's a breakup story. Uh, so there's elements of the writing, I feel, in Seventh Son that are really good. Also really good... The CG in Seventh Son, it's a little fellow named John Dykstra who did a movie uh, called Star Wars. And Silent Runner. Exactly. That guy's been around. He knows what he's doing. Star Wars. Yeah. All right. uh, You're winning me over. The the cinematographer, Thomas Newton Siegel, I think that's – is that Brian Singer's DP? I forget who who, who, Thomas Newton Siegel is from. But the guy shot a ton of movies, and I feel that they really let him do some some craft – work his craft in Seventh Son. Fucking Um, witches. But mainly it's and oh and you know killing Jon Snow in the first scene. Is That's awesome. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just feel there's a I lot. I also of... wait. Hang on. I'm going to take back what everything yeah, yeah. bad I said about Seventh Son because now I remember sure. I really liked the idea that um, 
all these different kinds of witches, and they're all shapeshifters too, and they all turn into different things. Like they all get killed in the movie. <laughs> like there's no like, oh, this is gonna come back later to sequel. There's only one little bit of sequel tease at the end, but like it's a self-contained story mostly. Oh, exactly, exactly, Kelly Warren. It's not, and and Paul Anderson, I think, thinks he's doing a serial every like the time. Resident Evil movies. He know any other right, way. every time. Yeah, he wants to end with a hook that's the beginning of the next movie. And Seventh Son is very much – it was legendary, and it was a huge disappointment for them. It didn't do well, of course. But it was very much a self-contained story uh, that wrapped up. And all the characters that were introduced, like you mentioned, they all get dispatched in some way or another. And they've all got like a special power that I feel is pretty imaginative. Um, and it's structured correctly. Exactly. There's some, there's a there's a, a good it's structure. Compared to Bat Monster way. Hunter, too. Where that's, I wasn't even sure if her – Platoon would like. I'm like, wait, why is she not looking for her platoon at Monster Hunter? Oh yeah, they're all dead. Or are they? Can can tell you? Cause she doesn't really grieve for them. She I don't think anybody, dude. Well, nobody in in. Well, I don't know that she. Yeah, I don't. No, nobody in Monster Hunter cares about things like right. continuity or character motivation. No, that's just that's just not even on the table in that movie. They think we're dumb for caring about it. Well, so what? I, okay, so here's what happened, Kelly Wand. I watched Monster Hunter. I hated it. I thought it was terrible, but we decided to go ahead and do a podcast on it. So between deciding to do the podcast and actually recording where we are now, I went ahead and watched it a second time, (laughs) thinking that maybe if I were to take your advice, I have seen since I was in my, I guess, 20s when I used to get stoned a lot. I've seen three movies high. Uh Uh-huh. This is a copy, boy. Well, you and I know that uh, as an adult, as as a – you know, with you, I went to see Suicide Squad. Now, uh, uh, Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, in right, Germany right, right, for Suicide right, exactly. Squad. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, so I think of that as a kind of Suicide Squad fallout or whatever. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it was a spinoff. Uh, so Birds of Prey, I saw that. Uh, then I watched um, Color Out of Space, <laughs> which I found very distressing while under the influence. Yeah. Uh, and you did, but you did with, the wrong proportions. I think. Well, with your help and an advice on the dosage and how to procure the uh, items and whatever, uh-huh. legal, I, legal uh, items, legal items. I, legally, I'm in California. Uh-huh. I then, for my second watch of Monster Hunter, was effectively influenced by cannabis, sweet, by THC, and I didn't enjoy it any more. Like I still, <laughs> I know <laughs> that really I is the test. Help. Even the weed doesn't help it. Exactly. It yeah. didn't help. Yeah. I was sitting there watching it, and I was enjoying myself. Sure, I would have enjoyed Giggling. anything. And I'll tell you what I ended up doing instead, but I didn't even make it all the way through the movie. Uh, I made it partway through the movie and then got distracted and ended up watching and enjoying this much more. A guy who's really bad at a board game playing a board game, like a, a YouTube video <laughs> of a guy doing a board game. And I was delighted by how awful he was at it, uh, and and specifically. That's what YouTube's um, for. That's a man. I just I, who mocking your inferiors. <laughs> I know. Well, so he, Kelly Wan, Do you know the name of um, Istanbul or Constantinople had a third name? Do you know offhand what that was? No. I need to get you to pronounce the word without telling you what it is. It's also a synonym for something that's really convoluted and labyrinthine and complicated. It was the name of a city. I can just spell it for you. Uh, B-Y-Z. Byzantine. Thank you. 
So the guy, and this is what I spent the rest of my high after I got bored with Monster Hunter. I was watching this guy do a game about the rise of Islam, playing this board game, and I was so entertained by the fact that whenever he said Byzantine, because there's a Byzantine empire that you're dealing with, he pronounced it as Byzantine. if you were talking about teenage buffaloes. Byzantines. He was talking Byzantine. about the Byzantine religion Byzantine. and the Byzantine empire and the Byzantine army moving around. And I was just giggling at this, imagining teenage buffaloes comprising an empire or a religion. Or Byzantines. Okay, so you were really stoned. At least partway through a second viewing. I later went back and watched the rest of it uh, a second time without the assistance of chemicals. And it was still, yeah. Wait, it, so that's a third time. There. No, 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 I didn't – that's the thing. Is even stoned, I got bored of it and move on, moved on to watching a guy mispronounce the word Byzantine. Byzantine. I found that more entertaining than anything uh, Paul W.S. Anderson put on screen. For once. Yes. Well, is it, I, I, hey, is it Minotaur or Minotaur? It's got to be Minotaur. I've always said it's Minotaur, but I saw a thing – I watched a TV show – they kept saying Minotaur. Made me wonder if I was dumb. I don't think it's Minotaur. Like I've never heard that King one. But maybe it is. What do we know? I'm not from ancient Greece, Kelly Wand. You're not from Atlantis. Kelly Wand, um <laughs> what did you think Wait. of Yes? Go, go on. Uh well I want to talk about the CG in the movie. Okay. Because I thought it was terrible. Yeah. But that's it was very Andersonian. Like, his CG never looks good to me. It always looks the same. It, these monsters could have been in Resident Evil. Like, they look, they're really hard to remember even while I was looking at them. Well, there's only three. Yeah. That's the thing is, there are... Uh, didn't and, have a lot of I personality, think, though. No, they really didn't. And I think two of them are actually from the video game. I don't think those sand spiders are in the... Or shadow spiders or whatever the those rip are. rip-off of Starship Troopers. It really did feel like that. Yeah, yeah. And even, hey, let's have a modern military force fighting them. I mean... That was a mistake. I would have rather followed Perlman's character consistently for the whole movie, by well, far. The, the and he talks is, English even, for no reason. The, the movie, too, doesn't take time. I mean, I guess it briefly introduces them, but then, like, yeah. it, it's, it kills off those modern troops very quickly. Yeah. And I don't, it painstakingly sets them up, I thought, considering how quickly they get wiped. And I think Paul Anderson thought he was doing elements of a horror yeah, movie yes. in that regard. But it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it was if it was a horror movie in there, it was a dumb one. Well, yeah. But it doesn't get less dumb when it's just her. But there were like when the guy has uh, spiders implanted in him. Like I think yeah. he was trying to do some scary body horror there, and the the cocooning. Uh, like I, that was predictable. And why is he in there if that's going to happen to him? Why is he in a cocoon? Never mind. Kill me. Well, all like I mean, it, it really did feel like like it. it None of that, by the way, I don't think, is from the game either. Is the game good? Because I haven't played it. The game's fine, but it has no relation to this, this movie whatsoever. Oh, okay. the, the the game is about um, killing monsters and harvesting bits of them to make equipment for you so you can kill more Bigger powerful things. monsters. Exactly. It's a feedback loop. And at a certain point in this movie, when Mila Jovovich is harvesting uh, the chitin, as you pointed out, the scale off of the Diablos, oh, yeah. I think... In the audience, we're supposed to think, "Ooh, what's she gonna, what's she gonna build?" And she just built that twelve eye, the, the, the sled, to pull his unconscious Rosebud. body. I mean, <laughs> but that, that, like, 
from the video and like you see her too like where did she get that outfit like is she going to improve it or upgrade it like nothing really happens with the weapons or the yeah. outfits or, or the, montage. the weird the, and the montage too so here's another thing the action the CG in this is terrible action's for, terrible for numerous reasons the action's terrible uh, the CG I want to point out um, what's terrible I think about this CG isn't necessarily the craft of it because I'm not super picky about you know, oh, you can see the, I don't know. The G. Like, like I, yeah, like, I'm not, I don't have very high standards for my computer graphics. As long as it's integrated well into the movie, I don't notice things that I think people who actually work on these movies would notice. Right, Like, you right, know, the right. angle of the light. Either, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Blends but what I, what I do notice is how well the footage is incorporated with the live actors. And in <laughs> Monster Hunter, it is not at all. It is as if Paul W.S. Anderson, he shoots on location Random with his wife, Bill Jovovich. Yeah. He then sends off an order to a CG studio, um, and then he gets the results back, and then he just does a lot of short, rapid cuts yeah. alternating between the CG from the studio and whatever he shot practically on the set. And there's no regard that one has for the other. Um, in contrast, Kelly Wand, I remember... And I actually started rewatching it, the Godzilla movie from 2019, where King I King of the Monsters, like, eh, King Not of the, the Monsters, uh, Cranston one. Right, right, right. Not the earlier one, but yeah. the, in King of the Monsters, every CG sequence is painstakingly shot and integrated for how yeah. it relates to the human actors and yeah. what they're doing and whether they're in peril and how they're reacting. Relative to it. size, even. Exactly, and it's all about scale yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it has actors who are good and who know how to react. That can bang off. Act amazed. Yeah. Um, and they're just standing there in front of a green screen, and they're told, okay, imagine Godzilla's in front of you, and they're good, and they can do it. When you have Mila Jovovich, her surprised look is exactly the same as her blank look. Yeah. Uh, uh, she just, she's not good. And, and poor Tony Jaw. I mean, that yeah. guy, I just feel that... awful for that guy. Yeah, this was a humiliating performance. He uh, he deserved better, uh, is what I'm. He really to say. did. Have you seen him in other stuff ever? I feel like I have, but I forget what. Well, he's from this uh, series of Thai movies called Ong Bak, um, where he's like a kickboxer. I, I haven't yeah, actually I seen. Him. I don't like the kicking things. That's why I didn't watch Universal Soldier. I well, I realized. Things. I I realized, and this is uh, you know, feet bore me. Yeah, I said feet bore me as action <laughs> weapons. I'd rather see a gun. Well, I well, you're okay with Jean Claude Van Damme kicking things? No, I'm not. I'm really not. He's boring. The only time I liked him when he kicked something is in Time Cop when his kitchen floor becomes electrified and he does like a side split on his counter, like both his legs. <laughs> but that's not kicking, so right. Yeah. Well, well, Tony Jaw. Like I know, actually, I could be talking out of turn i don't know the ong bak movies but I, I think it is a specific type of martial art that he's really good at i don't know if it's technically kicking um but what i realized is um and this is i, I hope i'm not the only one i've confused him for the longest time with a, a fellow named Iko uwais who's from the raid movies oh you racist uh, i it, it really is like and and they do have a similar look they're both uh they're they both typecast in these kind of movies well, Tony Jaw, I, I assume, is, is Thai, and uh, Iko Uwais is Indonesian. Um, and yeah, they both 
have been cast in English language movies. And I feel like Iko Uwais is a is a much stronger actor. Did, did, did you see Mile Twenty Two? By any chance, the Wahlberg thing? No. Uh, what else was he in? Shoot, uh, I know he's been in other English language movies, but he's capable of like. like here's the problem, though, with poor Tony Jaw in Monster Hunter. The fact that um, the white captain speaks perfect English and he speaks in pigeon grunts is that a problem at all? Is that a little racist? <laughs> Well, that's Jesus. part of it, Kelly Wan. Nobody in this movie is talking to each other. Yeah. Nobody is reacting to anyone else. They are literally not talking to each other. And I want to point out, because I think it, it, it encapsulates how the actors just aren't acting. They're not working with each other. They're, Tony Jaw is an amazing martial artist. I'm not yeah. sure he's much of an actor. Mila Jovovich beautiful woman and actually I've seen Mila Jovovich be really good in a movie called The Claim I really like her a lot it's yeah. a Winterbottom movie um, but she's not a strong actor Ron Perlman honestly couldn't care less about this movie and all those extras who are barely featured they're gone before you notice and then like so the the scene where she gives him chocolate Ugh. and tells him what it's called Ugh. and then he repeats to her she calls it, because she's talking in a very American accent, chocolate. It's two syllables. Uh, the second syllable is lit. The first syllable is chalk. Yeah. She's right on a board with chocolate. Right. And then he repeats something she did not say <laughs> because he is pronouncing the word as it's written, in not as she said it. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's Chocolate. reading off the script. Exactly. He says chocolate. Yeah. And she says, right, chocolate. Yeah. She's not – they're not even saying the same word in a scene about them saying the same word. Yeah. And no one calls them on it. The director doesn't say, uh, you know, Mila, can you pronounce it the way he's pronouncing it? Or Tony, can you at least just sound out phonetically the way she's saying it? Well, you can't yell at the nobody, help. Nobody does anything about this. So yeah. they shoot a scene in which nobody is talking to anyone. They're just saying their lines out of the script. Right. And I just feel like the rest of the movie has a very similar approach. Nobody cares. Well, that's supposed to be our one human moment, too, is like they discover each other and team up. Like their relationship is supposed to be the heart of the movie. But I'm not feeling I, I, it. No, I will confess to you, Kelly Wan, the moment that I emailed you and she says, let's go. And he and he looks at her and goes, "Huh?" And yeah. she says, "Never mind." Like, like I thought, yeah. okay, good, we're gonna get a bunch of that kind of stuff. Even if that one didn't quite land, now they're gonna have like a, a a buddy movie between the two of them, and that never even materialized. No, uh, it's somehow predictable without payoffs. Like, it's I, I, my expectations aren't subverted; they're just ignored and forgotten about. But nothing, not replaced with anything cool. And this is the first movie, by the way. I've been watching a lot of dumb shit lately. It's fucking pandemic. Mm -hmm. TV watching for me. I've watched good yep. things. I've watched bad things. This is good for weed. This isn't. I, I felt too old and smart to be watching this, and I never think that. I watch the <laughs> dumbest shit all the time. I'll watch fucking UFO documentaries. Go, dude, this could happen. Oh yeah. Or even like, or stuff that stupid, and go, yeah. Or at least enjoy it on a visual level. And this, I was just like, ah, oh, everything about it is just making me grind my teeth. And that's Kelly Wan where I was saying, like, in a bad movie, if it doesn't have talent, it can at least have enthusiasm. And this had neither. Yeah, it didn't it had, have, yeah, There's no talent true. to it, and there's n nobody in this is enthusiastic. Seven Son uh, was a labor of love 
compared to exactly, this. Exactly, yeah. Seventh Son, you can see enthusiasm. Yeah. And even though I thought Ben Barnes and Alicia Vikander uh, were terrible, <laughs> like everybody else was trying. Like Julianne Moore wasn't given much, but certainly – oh, and by the way, do you know who uh, Angie Trow is? I know I've talked to you about her in Pan- Pandorum before. No, movie. but I haven't seen that. I started oh, to watch she's it. so hot. Really? I don't so know. Angie Trow is Alicia Vikander's mother. Right, right, right. Son. Yeah. The Good Witch. Yeah. And there's just so many scenes of her all but spilling out Gave of this low-cut dress. Uh-huh. Uh, I think she's an incredible... No wonder she had seven. <laughs> she's just... She's so beautiful. And uh, even though in that movie, she's you can tell, oh, well, it's kind of sad she's not a very good actress. But that's okay. She didn't have to be. And she was very enthusiastic. And she was having a lot of fun in Seventh Son. Uh, it seemed like a, a lot of them. Uh, uh, Jimon Honsu, for instance. Like, he yeah. took his part seriously. And he tried. He, he brought it. Um, that's true. Nobody... Nobody brings anything to Monster Hunter. No one Hunter. cares. Especially in Pearlman, like he's there to, to yeah. do that. Like, oh, Pearlman's in it. Oh, get ready he for the fun the, character. No. Right. He should be the Master Gregory here. He should he's be like so bored. stealing so scenes. Bored. He's so bored. Yeah. I don't yeah. blame him. I don't blame him at all. Here's another yes. issue, Kelly Wan, with the action. Uh, Tony Jaw is a, a, a fighter, a martial artist. And it's amazing to watch the guy work. Mila Jovovich. And they, not a martial artist, but beautiful woman, very striking. Yeah. Army. Uh, Army. So, they're, exactly, yeah. She's supposed to be like military and hardened and tough. So, this creates, we're, we're going to have action scenes where they fight yeah. each other. Clash. Their fighting and, styles will clash. That'll be fun to watch. Like UFC. Right, bro. you can have character development, exactly. A good fight scene yeah. will have character development. All of the fights in Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, had some element of character development in them. But here, the fight scene, because Mila Jovovich isn't a fighter and because Tony Jaa is not an actor, right. they're both at their worst in the fight scenes, which are literally – and this is what struck me watching it a second time. The fight scenes between Mila and Tony Jaa are literally an edit around every single solitary – That's how it feels the first time. Around every, every single solitary move is a different cut. What they did – there's no flow between moves. Somebody swings a right arm, cut. Okay, that's good. We're going to edit it, and now we're going to reset. Okay, now somebody ducks under a left uh, swing. Okay, okay, we shoot it. We cut it. Good. Now we're going to have a kick sequence. Yeah. Okay, do one kick. Okay, cut. And then Paul Anderson stitches it all together. There is never an a, a moment in this movie where one move flows into another. And that is a crucial part of what makes choreography, whether it's dance or fighting, beautiful yeah. and appealing, is seeing the moves chaining. And here they just set up uh, – they choreograph a fight, but they shoot it in one sequence, in one move at a time, and then edit it all together. And it just ironically ends up looking way more static. It has no sense of flow or artistry because Mila Jovovich probably can't fight that way. Um, she's great at standing there and looking cool, yeah. but she she can't do what Tony Jaw does. Uh, so it's all in the editing, which I just I hate that. There's a craft to that. You can you can work that if the actors are willing. It takes like in uh well no it's a bad example. I was gonna say Atomic Blonde because Charlize Theron can't truly fight, but it looks like she's fighting. But it's all one shot. So that's a bad example. No, it's a terrible example because that's and that's also you know David Leach is a stuntman like he knows how to train an actor to where she looks good with a stuntman, 
and Atomic Blonde looks awesome and ex for exactly that same reason is that it's about the flow of each sequence and the sequences tell you about the characters. The yeah. fact that the editing in general is shitty like makes you turn on the action sequences either while they're happening or before them because like Mill is constantly intuiting things that she shouldn't from dialogue because the script doesn't have time to go into details and like when he he points vaguely at those at that chess set family <laughs> oh okay so you made oh, that's clearly your family yeah, I don't think he even says family she just gets that somehow like he, oh, he it's makes your the little sim he makes the she makes the home symbol right and then he and that's, that, that's where we find Universal. out yeah that's where we find out that they're, they're his dead family action figures Right, uh, and that's supposed to be and then their she character ruins moment. That she yeah. breaks them. That's great over water. Well, no, she breaks them before she knows, and part of their their journey of acceptance to each other, uh -huh. as with any mismatched buddy movie, is her realizing, oh, he doesn't just those aren't just his action figures; those are his dead family right. action figures. And then she, when he's injured, she is very careful about retrieving them for him, because now she cares about. Ah, uh -huh, you remember it. Well, there's another example, too, where I was – he basically – Paul Anderson kills the intent of a scene with his ineptitude at shooting and editing. And it's the scene where Tony Jaw jumps on the Diablos, and uh, he's going to kill it by sticking it in the head with his sword, but he gets shaken off of it. So then Mila has to jump on with her grappling hook and drive the sword in and finish him off. But – what happens in this scene then is that Tony Jaw's character is like mortally wounded, and she has to tend to him and bring him back to life, right? Right. So his his wound is a, a result of, of him being flung off of the Diablos, right? So he gets flung so hard off the Diablos that it, it all but kills him. Yeah. And the way that Paul Anderson shoots this is he tells the CG studio, okay, I need a shot of a, speck. a guy <laughs> a, a guy on a monster who's getting shook off and his body is flying through the air. And so the CG studio, they do that for him. And then he says to a stuntman, okay, I need a shot of you throwing your body against a Humvee and then falling to the sand. Yeah. So he shoots that. Then he says to Tony Jaw, okay, lie down here on the sand with your face on the sand. I need to get a close-up of you passed out in the sand. So he's got these three elements, the CG sequence, Tony Jaw, and a stuntman banging into a Humvee. Yeah. And he stitches them together to make it look like Tony Jaw got thrown to the air, hit the Humvee, bounced into the sand where he's now incapacitated. But the problem is the element he used to show Tony Jaw supposedly getting hurt was just a stuntman throwing himself into a Humvee. I mean, I, yeah. I probably could have done that. I, there's nothing now. in that. There's nothing in the presentation that makes me think, "Oh, that's going to knock Tony Jaw out. He's terribly injured." Yeah. Like the CG. She's going to need to make a sled for that one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like when, when his when his body's flying through the air in the CG sequence, you're like, "Oh my gosh, he's in trouble. Yeah. He's going to fall and really get killed." Um, but then the actual impact, where Paul Anderson uses a stuntman just throwing himself into the side of a Humvee, like that doesn't look like anything. Those that angles don't even match up. Exactly, exactly, Kelly Wand. It's like it's like when angles don't match up. It's, it's like a guy flying down, and now he's going sideways into a jeep. Exactly, he should be hitting the roof. Right. right. And this this Kelly Wand is a major plot point. Yeah. Because now Milojovic has got to she save saved him. him. Yeah, and, and and they walk she, to the lake that she knows where to find. She just yeah, that's she doesn't know where she's going. She didn't even know where she was going when she had a map, and she was on Earth. I don't think. Yeah, she uh, she. Definitely not there for navigational skills, right? Um, it's, she's there for singing. 
Also, when they try to trap the creature um, uh-huh. and she's the bait, their plan was for her to run to a rock <laughs> that it could, and then it's like stabbing at her, and she's just dodging it sideways, like its mandibles are like clicking on both sides of her. Like it's not like out of range. So the whole terrible plan. The whole plan from the beginning is, all right, risk your life and try to dodge its mandibles as best you can while I watch and eventually come in with a bamboo flute. Yeah, yeah. That's why we MacGyvered all that shit on the boat. Kelly, is there anything good about this movie that you liked? Because I can tell you one thing that I loved. I was trying to think of – I judge action sequences on things I feel like I haven't seen before or or even if it's just something I can't remember. Like in – I know you like John Wick 3 a little bit less than I do, but I'd never seen anyone – get killed with a book before in the way that John Wick kills that really tall athlete dude at the beginning of John Wick 3. I go, okay, that's cool. Book. Yeah. So in this, I couldn't remember after I watched yeah, it. Kelly, if... we lost you. We, we lost you. <sighs> Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah, but you cut out earlier for a few seconds. Uh... Yeah, you know, I think it is a connectivity thing. It might be on my, yeah. It's it not is. just Well, that's good to know it's not someone's mic. So yeah. uh, basically pick up with where you started talking about John Wick 3. Everything after that I couldn't hear. Oh. Uh, so John Wick 3, I know you don't like it as much as I do, but there's a scene where um, he, at the beginning he kills like some famous athlete who's doing like a cameo, but he kills him with a book, like a hardback book. He like st- right. shoves it yeah. into his mouth or something. I'd never seen that before, and it seemed like a really interesting choice, so I was kind of excited by that. And so in this movie, the closest I came to that thing, I'm like, all right, that's a little in- – I don't remember having seen that before – um, was when she threw the bullets on its on the spider's head. Oh, really? I mean, well, because it's so that? dumb. That's not how bullets work. I know. <laughs> I don't care about that, Tom. But have I seen that in another movie? I don't give a shit about rea- reality. But what if something is so incredibly dumb that you haven't seen it in another movie because it's dumb? I mean, I guess bullets will eventually. Here's the thing: no, about she that has scene. to dodge them. Oh, yeah. It's risky. She's, she's, no, here's why that scene is dumb. Uh-huh. I mean, you can tell what it is. It's, again, Paul Anderson trying to do some survival horror thing where she's in the spider nest and she gets uh, an O2 canister, flares, and bullets. Yeah. How is she going to escape? So why would – why is that spider, while it's on fire, still so intent on eating her? If I'm If I'm burning, I'm not going to care about being hungry. That will briefly take my mind off of chasing down a piece of food. That's all the, through the whole movie. Like, the giant thing doesn't attack them a bunch of times when it could have. I mean, but once you set the spider on fire, you should be good to go. Yeah. Uh, so, it just, so in addition, needing to throw bullets on it to surprise it or freak it out, uh-huh. I, I, I'm not giving the movie points for that. Did she take the wrong car, like Gina Carano? Is that what you're saying? Was, <laughs> the wrong, was it the wrong caliber bullets for you to like it? Can I tell you the one thing I did like, though? It better be better than mine. I actually loved the one because it sounded like uh, there's a there's a musical group called Carpenter Brute, and they do this this great like 80s synthesizer music. Uh, and the music in this, uh, I really liked their. It just sounded like something that Carpenter Brute would do. Uh, so I really liked the, the main theme. Yeah, the music, which is done by a guy who's done a ton of video game and movie music. A lot of it's not memorable. Uh, he used to be one of the you know 50 people who was in Tangerine Dream, huh. um, but he's just a guy who knows electronica, uh-huh. and I like that they had that this kind of cool electronica synthesizer soundtrack. So I, I remember did it like playing that. when the dragon was standing there doing nothing, and then I kind of remember that part of the music. But I don't remember well, it would have been playing. better like if they'd set the music to really cool visuals, but since there weren't any, yeah. uh, like Shadow in the Cloud. 
like Shadow in the Cloud. Because that's exactly. got electronic That's another score. great synthesizer score. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Kelly Wong. Doesn't give a shit what the period is. I like that. Right, yeah. right. Kelly Wong, are you ready to uh, play good writing, bad writing? Oh, yeah. I, All right. First, the, I, I have to read the disclaimer first for uh, legal reasons. Here we go. Good writing, bad writing is not to be used in the fiduciary, financial, academic, or medical capacity. It's strictly a subjective enterprise based on the perspective of one person with an advanced degree in an unrelated field, but from an accredited institution of higher learning that happens to be Ivy League. Although the findings of good writing, bad writing are negotiable, all decisions are final, official, and binding. All right, Kelly Wan. I went one for three last time, so I'm really right, you, Let's see how you do here. I'm going to give you three instances of writing. Bad. You tell me if they're good or bad. No pre-guessing. Oh. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared there was good writing I missed that you thought was good when you got really high. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, all of these – well, okay. We'll see. Here we go. Saddle up, ladies. She's a woman, but she still manages to make that sound like an insult. Uh, I hated Jeez, that one. Do it. Bad wait, wait. wait they have to, it has to be all three lines. It's an exchange. She says, saddle up, ladies. Dude one says, she's a woman, but she still manages to make that sound like an insult. And dude two says, get used to it. Kelly Wand. Is that exchange good writing or bad writing? See, there's three different lines here to go into. Saddle up, mm-hmm. ladies. I feel like get used to it was the one where I got confused. So I'm going to say bad writing because there's three options and one of them has to be bad. Pretty. Basically, I agree. Saddle up, her saying saddle up, ladies, I like that and that's funny. Um, but the fact that someone has to explain it. Uh, she's a woman. She still managed to make that sound like an insult because Mila Jovovich isn't good enough to deliver it in any meaningful way. She also way. never says it again, so we sh- it's get used to it's bad advice. Oh, and also, yeah, get used to it is why is that – like are we establishing the other guy is new and he's never heard or it before? Or that she insults people constantly. That's right, right, exactly. Is that a character trait? Um, it, it, it could have been good writing, but it overexplained itself and it made no sense and it fell apart. So it's bad writing. Kelly Wan, you're correct. She didn't say it. A lot of it's delivery because, like you said, she doesn't say it tauntingly. She just yeah, says exactly. the word. Basically, it's the same intonation as her saying, let's go. Well, Tom, wait, get used wait. to Millis saying lines like that. <laughs> so it's good writing, actually. I changed my mind. All right, well, Kelly Wan, you've got a point. You ready for uh, number two, good yeah. writing or bad writing? I felt that was an easy one. Um, Even though I kind of punted it on my reasons. But here you go. I hated the line when I heard it, so I went with my instincts. Yes. To to kill a monster, you <laughs> need a monster. <laughs> uh, that's bad writing because there's a lot of uh, – there's no context given for that. And if I remember right, the poison that they get isn't a monster. It's like to kill a monster, you need poison. You don't need a monster. They don't get a monster. <laughs> Just get some rat poison out of the kitchen yeah, cabinet. To, need right. a monster, to kill a monster, you need poison from the kitchen cabinet. Kelly One, you're absolutely right. It doesn't make sense. It's not true. They don't do Uh, that. They don't use a monster to kill it. And it's totally one of those dumb lines like we've heard, like, to hunt a wolf, you need a wolf. Like, it's so bad, and it's been... To win war, you have to become war. That's a Rambo line. (laughs) That's bad writing in a Rambo movie. Although Billy Goat Puke's a good line, Rambo line. All right, Kelly One, so you've got two points. You've basically won, but let's see if we can make this a shutout, as Uh they say in sports. Patrick. All right. Uh, do you remember her character's name in the movie? Mila. Corporal <laughs> Mila. Corporal Jovovich. Captain. Uh, Captain Corporal. No, her name is Liz. I don't think I don't think they ever say it, oh. but you see it when she goes back to modern time and the medic is is looking at her dog tags. Uh-huh. Um, 
and you see her name written there. Her name is Natalie Artemis. Is that good writing or bad writing? Uh, it's actually good writing. I'm sorry Why? I missed it. Because Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. Although Natalie's bad writing. Because she doesn't look like a Natalie at all. So I'd go half-half on that one. Okay, now, do you remember who the hunter is in the movie? Her? Nope, there's a point where even she even establishes – this is actually established a couple of times when she says, uh, I'm a ranger. I'm not an archaeologist. And she says uh, – <laughs> she even has tattooed on the side this of her neck. This is a Byzantine explanation for why I'm wrong. No, 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 okay, no. go on. <laughs> she even has tattooed on the side of her neck, uh, Rangers Lead the Way, like the acronym for that. Uh-huh. Um, but but she when she gives – when she's – the Reluctua. one instance where Mila is willing to try to learn his language, because yeah. normally she's totally like uh, white imperialist. Baby. She's totally like – yeah. She's totally like, you learn my language. Right. But the one instance yeah. where there is some back and forth and she's trying to figure out what he's saying is when he does the archer symbol. Yeah. And she says, oh, you are a hunter. I am a ranger because she's show, showing him his little her, her Velcro patch. I don't have time ranger. to watch these things multiple times on different drugs <laughs> every week. Some but the this. point is, Kelly Wan, even in the context of the movie, she's never a hunter. She is not a hunter. She establishes multiple times she's a ranger, but the hunter is him, and she never knows – she doesn't know how to hunt monsters. I think she's just being self-deprecating, and she is the monster hunter because she's the star of the movie. So Well, what's really going on here, Kelly Wand, is this is an origins story, you uh, see. So it's good writing. It's terrible writing. What? You don't name – you don't allude to the Greek goddess of hunting uh-huh. with just a random character. Yeah, but you can't do it with a dude. <laughs> His name could be Tony Artemis. Tony right. Artemis. That's good yeah. writing to you. All right. That's where I, that's where I, my shutout is dying on this hill. All right. You thought her name was good writing. I mean, naming a character is hard. You know, that, that's the thing, too, also. In this, I in fell for a trick because I didn't see it in the movie. And I go, well, obviously, the only good writing can be in something that wasn't a, a line of dialogue. So that's obviously tall. A lot of it's me playing to your zone. What I thought. It no, was. I understand, and that's that's part of the that's, that's part of the, the gimmick fun. of good writing, bad writing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to exactly. prove to you there's never good writing in this movie. But nothing in this movie has a cool name. Nothing. Not Natalie. Even Natalie Artemis. Natalie Artemis. Wait, what's uh, what was um, Kristen Wiig's name in um, Wonder Woman? Jaguar. Song? Cheetah. No, Cheetah. no, uh, it was something Minerva. Like oh, Jessica Minerva or something. But see, the Wonder Woman can get away with that. Like Wonder Woman's, and besides, Wonder Woman's already dumb. Our friend uh, Fred, who's on Twitter at Fred Wisdom Fred. by Fred, uh, oh. here's his analysis of Monster Hunter because I thought he's spot on. He says, "Imagine an AI is fed a hundred action fantasy movies: Lord of the Ring, Riddick, Dune, Tremors, Rambo Three, Mad Max, Gladiator, Aliens, Pirates of the Caribbean, Michael Bay stuff, etc." Then you let the AI spit out a movie based on that. Yeah. That's Monster Hunter. But he writes. Still better than Wonder Woman 1984. Which one made me laugh more? I can't remember. Wonder Woman's I, I endless. Say, Wonder Woman's so long. It's so fucking long. God. It's so long, but it, Wonder Woman has people I enjoyed watching, which were Kristen Wiig and uh, Pedro Pascal. And We just talked about it. this. If it's someone you like is in it, that's not enough, Tom. Damn it. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending Wonder Woman 1984. You I'm just saying I, if I had to watch Monster Hunter or Wonder Woman again. Dude, if i got to watch this a fourth time on different <laughs> marijuana, I'm going to really not like it. That's what you're saying. Kelly Wan, do you remember uh, – so there's a point in Monster Hunter where uh, Japanese women are randomly dangled out of the sky. You alluded to it in your, uh, in, in your synopsis. Yeah. What it was that? 
What were they it, doing? It was up there? so weird, and it was just another instance of odd editing. So I think it was just supposed to be one Japanese woman, but it does look like all... oh, there's multiple Japanese women rappelling in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the scene in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets when there are these creatures who are fishing for human beings and they catch Cara Delavigne? Yeah, I'd like to study their moves. <laughs> well, it was like that. Like Fire there was some creatures fishing and they were using Japanese women as bait, like, like casting lines. Yeah, but they're dolphin safe, Tom. The <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. No, I'm interested. Oh. I'm interested in both of those. I'm interested in yeah. being fished for and fishing for. If you were an actual soldier, like a Gulf War veteran, right. a general, so you're a general, would you watch okay. Monster Hunter? Like, would if you were in the military, I'm just curious, because I was thinking, like... Why would I watch Monster Hunter if I'm in the military or not? Because it's about military people, and people watch... Like, I have to watch writer biography movies, don't I? To study, and go, oh, look, look, that's the year they went wrong, they drank too much, uh... Trumbo, I mean, I will no. I will say the one possible cool development in Monster Hunter, which unfortunately isn't, is when a, a Rosalos or whatever it's called comes back into our world and fights tanks and ospreys and a, a big old uh, – was that an E3, uh, the, the command jet? Uh, like I would think, hey, that would be cool. I want to see that in a movie. Um, sadly, yeah. it wasn't cool. Um, so no, if I were in the military, I would not watch Monster Hunter. And none of that, by the way, is from the video game. There's nothing in the video game about modern troops fighting these big monsters. I assume that's what the game was, just from this movie nope. and like, oh, that's probably what happens in it. Nope. In the game, you're the people wearing the just random nonsense fantasy stuff with these you're giant. You're Ron Perlman. And the you're Ron Perlman. Exactly. Yeah. You're not a ranger. No. You're a monster hunter. So it. Backing up your bad writing, good writing thesis. Your name is not Adelie, Natalie Artemis. Artemis. In Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the Natalie part was good writing. How dare you? Why is that good? Why is that? You, you like that? No, nah, she's looking like Natalie. I was just trying to trick you. Uh, okay, yeah. Natalie Jovovich. I could see her passing yeah, for sure. Natalie. Uh -huh. Did you see uh, the movie I Care a Lot with uh, Rosamund Pike? Uh, I was told to watch it by someone I don't trust. So okay. I wasn't sure. But I did it, it watch also, Radioactive with Rosamund Pike. And I'm a Gone Girl apologist because I didn't read the book. So to me, it was like a big twist because it was dumb, really big. Right. I need to go back. So I hated Gone Girl. I need yeah. to go back and watch it now that I uh, have yeah. a, found a <laughs> If you know the what, twist now? and you're baked, it's probably going to be great. Well, no, no. I love uh, I love Rosamund Pike. Like, I want to go back. I didn't I didn't really know who she was when I first saw Gone Girl. I, I hated I had to read that stupid book. Uh, and I, I hated the movie. Well, if you like then biopics... I, and you want to see her play Marie Curie, uh, Radioactive. I don't want to see her play Marie Curie. I it's don't want dumb. to see her in a biopic. Uh, I did love her biopic as that Washington Post reporter with the eye patch, though, which I forget what that was called. You should watch that. <laughs> All right. Uh, but at any point, I care a lot. Also has a scene. It has in common with Monster Hunter. They both have scenes of bag horror. Bag horror. Yeah, like when she's in the cocoon. Oh, the it's bag like, is the okay, right? Yeah, I thought you meant the bag she found with her uh, with her hairspray in it, and that was scary to you. <laughs> First of all, it was O2. It was not hairspray. How dare you? All right, chemist uh, boy. All right, nerd. I did love the scene. Why, Kelly Wan? If you're what in the was the barrette? Okay, go on. It was her wedding ring. Who cares I about did. that? Who's she married to? What are we supposed so to feel? Someone who's dead. So the whole forever in the wedding ring apparently. Well, actually, was her husband dead? We don't know. Maybe he just lost his finger in the ring. Was he on Bravo Team, Kelly Wand? 
Yeah, uh, Gosling was eating him. <laughs> That's why Gosling's so fat in it. Uh, wait, Kelly, one, if you're lost in the desert yeah. and you're dying of thirst and you come upon a bunch of uh, shattered glass uh, sailing ships, no, sailing oh. ships, and you see on the deck of one of these shattered sailing ships a, barrel uh, a wooden barrel, yeah. yeah, why would you run to a wooden barrel in the middle of a desert and assume it's full of water? Um, because Anderson told her it was full of water to get that performance out of her. You could see that hope dying like they in done eye. away. Yeah. yeah. He told her that he was inside the barrel and she was bummed it was just sand, even though it's really not that different. So when the Rasselos at the end blows up, when Tony Josh shows up to shoot it with the arrow and yeah. finish it off. I couldn't believe that happened. <laughs> Those shots of her reacting to the Rasselos getting shot and blowing up. Yeah. I mean, they are so conspicuously... Just her standing in the desert and Paul W. Anderson yelling stuff at her like, Pretend this is okay. good! Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pretend, Pretend you're married to uh, Len Weissman. <laughs> Pretend you're Kate Beckinsale. Oh, it's just so conspicuous. Yeah. It's, so. Uh, she was strapped to the stretcher when that when it ate the helicopter and then shat her out of the helicopter or whatever happened in that part. Boy, that helicopter means an Osprey, but uh, that, that thing definitely uh, was pretty hardy. Like, it gets yeah. the front half of it bit off. That's her 15th lands... collision yeah, vehicle mishap in yeah. six hours. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I, I love it. Like, when helicopters crash, yeah. they are not giant thudding things. They are ma- yeah. Aircraft are specifically made to be lightweight. Huh. When they crash, mm-hmm. they break into a million pieces. You don't get a nice, tidy fuselage sitting on the sand When there. Tony Jaw hits the side of a helicopter, he barely feels it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that helicopter was as hardy as Tony Jaw. Well, no, Tony Jaw knocked him out. It almost killed him. If he didn't Uh, get whatever that was, adrenaline stuck into his chest. What do you think of movies that end with a battle that's about to start and then the movie ends? Like Skyline, um, Independence Day Resurgence, um, that other one? Tell you Skyline has... Mortal Kombat. Skyline has at least... Three movies at this point, all of which That's I've seen, point. maybe four. That's a good point. That totally invalidates what I was saying. That's <laughs> well, they're all terrible. They're and Skyline stuff. becomes a series. I don't know if you know you this. You like the middle uh, one? Because Frank well, becomes an, No, I don't. Well, but it becomes an Indonesian fight movie. It literally crashes into crash lands into Indonesia and just has a bunch of fight scenes. And then the third movie is even worse with that. Uh, Skyline. And that guy, that guy Daniel Bernhardt, who was so cool in Atomic Blonde uh-huh. and Barry. Like, he gets a really cool role in the third Skyline movie because he's a good fighter, uh-huh. and they don't really do anything fun with him. Um, but, Kelly, one, what I think of movies that end in an action sequence because they want there to be a sequel and they just want to pick it up from there, yeah. uh, I, I, that's, that's never a good idea. What about it? when Vikander goes, we'll meet again at the end of Seventh Son, <laughs> and they never meet again? I, I'm okay with that because, as far as I'm concerned, Seventh Son is a one-off. We yeah. don't. We and don't. She's fucking with them. him. She's yeah, fucking yeah, exactly. with Ben Barnes when she says that. I do like like Ben Barnes did nothing for me. Like I, uh, I they, he's just Kit Harrington light. Think how light exactly, that is. Right. right. Exactly. And that's already lightweight. Yeah. Yeah. I also so. thought Jeff Bridges left at the end of that movie because he was sick of Ben Barnes. He's all no misunderstanding. I'm leaving. You're staying. Bye. You've learned everything I can teach you with this failed debacle where you saved my life once. 
I'm like, Kelly Wan, your Jeff Bridges is awesome. Rah! You know why I think that movie failed is because it came after True Grit and R.I.P.D. So everyone was kind of burned out on Bridges being the fun old man kind of character. It's like the movie is a support structure for him to just not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's the same beard, so. so people got confused. It's like a triangular beard. Well, he's basically the dude, but instead of weed being his drug of choice, he's he's drunk and sometimes even yeah. coked up. Oh, he's so like, drunk. That's, He's so drunk yeah. when he fights. Oh, my God. Oh, he's so drunk when he he's... drinks in that one scene at the beginning of the movie and blows <laughs> well, no, off his work. His... <laughs> Never drinks again. And he also has his flask. Oh, that's that, true. That yeah. flask. And, and remember that there's a great exchange with Ben Barnes. Well, where, uh, day. Why? Yeah, exactly. Only, only, only ever take one sip of this. And Ben Barnes says, why? Do you remember his response? Because it's mine. Exactly. Good that's writing. Adorable. That's awesome. Good, that's See, his lines are right. good writing. Like, the, like That would have been a good line for anyone to say, damn it. And even Mila Jovovich could have said it. Mm, yeah, sure, that could have worked with her. Um, Talk to that! All right, well, Kelly Wan, we watched Monster Hunter. Yeah, we did you're it. You're welcome, Earth. You're welcome, Maybe listeners. Maybe next time, let's try to watch a good movie. I think we're due. I think we've done... I think we've done three movies in a row that no one wanted to watch. Really bad timing, um, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, should, uh, do something people are actually... Wonder Woman might have been... Bit exciting, but I don't want to go back to that shit. Yeah, nobody wants to. Nobody uh, wants the, to. The, the world has moved past. We Wonder all remember Woman where we were when we were disappointed. In Wonder Woman. Kelly Wan, I have. Uh, let's see. Hold on. One, two, three, four. Uh, Wonder uh, Woman uh, on my hands. Uh, I have six words for you. You ready? Uh huh. Zack a... Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> is it R-rated, or is it just more exposition? Is it R-rated? You can't have Batman dropping an F-bomb. That's not going to make any sense. That's su- it would be suicide if he did. Yeah, never happen. Well, we'll see. We will let folks on Twitter know what our next movie will be. Uh, thank you for listening to us and bearing with us. Sorry if you saw Monster Hunter. We apologize. We didn't quite know. Well, we're here to tell them not to watch it, but listen to us telling them not to watch it. At, le- at, well, at more length than the movie would have been to watch. You're welcome. Well, suffice to say, if you saw Monster Hunter, we believe about you the same thing we believe about ourselves, and that is that we are all due for a better movie. Which will be announced later. On Twitter, so keep your eye on my Twitter account, at QT3. I am Tom Chick, and I have been here with Kelly Wand. If I was an alien, I'd watch Close Encounters. was fat, I'd watch Porky's. I'd prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right? And we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. That cops watch Police Academy.